All right, we're in December, just a couple more weeks until Christmas time. Um, over the 25% mark of the NBA season, we got some news here. We'll talk about if the Nets are the most heartbreaking team of the year so far. Fred Hoiberg of the Chicago Bulls is out. Markel Fultz continues to steal headlines as more news comes out of uh, his bizarre situation. Uh, we got to talk LeBron James. There's a lot of LeBron James stuff that came out this week. Is he, is he toxic? Um, is he finally awoken from his nap? And why did he take a, a, such a long nap? Uh, best and worst performers of the week. And of course, we'll talk about the conference players that conference players of the month. But first, let's talk about Rudy Gobert here, Sean, who just got ejected with only three minutes into the game against the Houston Rockets. Basically caught the ball in the post against James Harden and James Harden did his one of his better acting performances and flopped and, and got Rudy Gobert ejected from this game. Yeah, so so what happened there is that Rudy Gobert, obviously upset with the play, with the with the call, foul called on him, uh, goes over to the sidelines as a second foul of the quarter, and there's a water cup just sitting there on that middle table, and he just slams it into the stands, basically. And that's enough to get you ejected, and just like that show of frustration. And yeah. man, he had every right to be frustrated. That Those calls were terrible. The first foul, I'm not sure if you saw that one, Alan. It was on the jump ball. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, yes, foul I did. on the jump ball. I've never seen that before. He, like, he like kind of ran a little bit into Capella on the jump, but it was so ticky-tacky. Two big guys just jumping up. Like, I would be really upset, too, if I was him. And Yeah, yeah. you get your second foul three minutes into the game like that and a pretty important matchup against two teams that are underperforming so far this year, and you really want to be there for your team in these important games. And, yeah, you got – yeah, it's super frustrating. Yeah, you can't walk out this way. Um I'm a, I was frust, frustrated to see that. I mean, I have Rudy Gobert on my fantasy team. So <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah he probably put up nothing for you. Exactly. I mean, I, he got me two fantasy points because he got one rebound or something. But just for him to walk out like this, that's that's bad. And off a clear flop from James Harden, I mean. So NBA Twitter is buzzing that this is all just a conspiracy here based off Rudy Gobert's comments on Sunday after they lost against the Miami Heat off to Dwayne Wade um free throws in the closing seconds of that game. Mm. So just a quick just a quick uh, reminder of that quote that Rudy Gobert gave is he just said, I just wanted to be consistent at one point. Every night is the same. You know, and then explicit there. <laughs> if you call something one way, you have to call it the other way. Once they start doing that, I'm going to start having a little more respect. Um, obviously, he gave that quote out of frustration of losing that close game against Miami. And he should be frustrated. The Utah Jazz are underperforming, sitting 12th in the West. Even though they're twelfth, though they're only one game away from the from the eight spot, so they're trying to get themselves back into the five hundred mark um, and get themselves back in a respectable position and uh, get themselves back in that hunt for playoff for a playoff spot in the Western Conference. Right. Yeah, and it, it's just so hard these days. It just seems like this year more than ever, it's just so hard for especially an offensive player like Rudy Gobert to mm-hmm. play the way that he's he knows how to play and what's made him so successful in the NBA and like the new rules of the hand checking rule and just refs just being all over guys. And like, they cannot tell a flop from an actual foul in real time yeah. NBA action. It's just, it's going to be really hard for him. And like clearly through the first quarter of this year, it's really taken its toll on him. Right. And 
I mean, how how much do you believe that maybe the refs were out to get him tonight based off this? <laughs> no, you think like the refs are all in like a break room together watching his interview? Like, oh, we'll get him, we'll get <laughs> him back. No, these are like totally different refs than the ones that were uh, officiating for the Miami Heat game. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think it's just it's just part of like what refs are doing though. Is like they're just calling what they see on the floor, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, and you know if they could slow it down, they wouldn't call it, but. I am disappointed, though, that they they made an effort, I don't know if this was last year or the year before, to discourage flopping by saying that we'll fine you if you flop. Right. But I haven't seen any fines come out for flopping, and if so, like James Harden should have gotten a $25,000 fine every game this year so far, if that were the case. But it just it doesn't seem like anyone's reviewing these things, like... You can see it like right after the play. Just mm-hmm. find him right there on the spot. Like it's it's pretty insane how they've let this run rampant. That's a good point, and I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, you're right. A bunch of players did get fines last year. Uh, the NBA, I mean, announced it publicly, and they talked about it on a couple of the national TV games to make sure. I mean, fans like me and you knew that that's <laughs> something the NBA was coming down on. And this year, it was it's been the forgotten thing. Like I completely forgot that that had been mentioned last mm-hmm. year until you just brought it up. <laughs> so with that yeah. being said, I mean the NBA has to sit down and look at this game and that that was such a flop by James Harden there, and Incredible. he needs to get fined there. I think. Yeah, it, and it shouldn't be the first fine. Like it should have happened multiple times so far. And yeah, I just I feel like they need to come down on flopping like they seem to be coming down on defensive players right now with fouls. Right. You know, exactly. like if you're if you're gonna call hand checking, like you have to call out blatant flopping. Like it's just it's a terrible part of the game, honestly. Like it it it's just it, it does ruin it in a way for me. It's probably one of the reasons why the scoring has gotten so much higher this year. It's because so many more fouls like that get called, and yeah. players know that that's just how they have to play in this NBA because the refs can't tell you know so and there's no penalty for it it's seemingly there should be there's Mm -hmm. supposed to be but there's not so that's what you gotta do yeah i mean just based off this flop i mean utah might just lose this game now and be two games under 500 when they were just one game away from getting there um and that makes it there's makes it a little bit that much harder to get back to 500 where they want to be but back to rudy gobert's quote i mean this theme of consistency among um, referees and calls in the NBA. I mean, that's not a new point. People have been bringing wow. that up for years, uh, decades. Uh, <laughs> but it just—it is what it is, you know. And you have to adapt. And I mean, Utah was the number one deep defensive team last year. Now they're not. Is it because of this? Probably. But I mean, other teams have adapted. The Celtics are still one of the better defensive teams. OKC yeah. still one of the better defensive teams. The Grizzlies. The Grizzlies as well. I mean, people are adapting, and the Utah Jazz are struggling. And they can't just blame this. They gotta also look at look at themselves in the mirror a little bit. Right. Yeah. You you can you can uh, say that that you're not getting the foul calls that you deserve, but I mean at the end of the day, it's not like the refs are after one specific team. Like they're not they're not gonna take a call back that they just took like they just did. So they're just gonna try to call the game as they see it, and you know sometimes they're gonna call things one more one way than the other. Their job isn't to bring things back to the medium and give you a bad call on the other end. Their job yeah. is to try to give out the best calls that they see, and yeah, it's it's just not gonna be consistent. You know, it's yeah. just human error. 
Unfortunately, yeah, it is what it is. We cannot review every single play. Like, could you imagine if we reviewed every play? We oh, reviewed that that foul ball three minutes it's... into the game. <laughs> you just can't do that. And it just it is what it is. And also on this same point, if you're asking yourself, Rudy Gobert ejected uh, with only three minutes into the game, is that a record? It's actually not. <laughs> Uh, Joey Crawford, I'm not sure what year, but Joey Crawford, back when Don Nelson coached the Warriors, ejected him two minutes into a game. <laughs> That's insane. So I, that, I, I'm going to have to look that one up and see why he got ejected for that. Yeah, I didn't have enough time to look up the reasoning, but up to this point, that is the, as far as I know, that is the current record right now. <laughs> Waiting for someone to get ejected at the, t- at the uh, jump ball. <laughs> right. <laughs> Could so, have been Gobert tonight. <laughs> it could have. Yeah, he was not. Yeah, had he just, you know, not held himself back, he would have been gone right there and then. Man, that's crazy. Something needs to be done about this. These flopping things, though, man. I think that's the bottom line here. Yeah, I agree. But shifting gears here, LeBron James interested in bringing Carmelo to the Los Angeles Boo. Lakers. Reportedly, he won't ask Magic or Palenka to make that trade. But somehow this got out that LeBron James is interested in having his banana boat buddy back on the Lakers, which is ironic because had Carmelo Anthony signed with the Lakers when he was a free agent all those years ago, he would be an L.A. Laker right now. Yeah, good thing he didn't for us Laker fans. This would be awful. They're playing very well right now. They don't need a negative player on their team. If they did this, that would ruin their season. I agree. I, I, I don't know if it would ruin the season. It would ruin the, Look how it happened to Houston. That is true. You want that to happen to the Lakers? Just when everything's starting to go so well, you bring in a guy that's just going to take up a bunch of long twos off the bench and shoot like three of 13 every game. You want that on your team? Here's the thing. If you add Carmelo to this team, I'm not sure what he would actually bring or whether or not he would even get any playing time unless an injury came down like, Obviously, with Ingram coming down right now, maybe he would get a couple minutes. Because here's the thing is the Lakers want to pride themselves in pacing um, and in their offense. And Carmelo Anthony cannot keep pace with these Lakers. And his offense is just not quite what it used to be. Defense is completely gone. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, Tyson Chandler, you know, you know, the Tyson Chandler bold is gone. But Tyson Chandler is still a seven-footer um, and can give you 10 minutes of good defense. Yeah, uh, Carmelo Anthony. I'm not really sure what he adds to this team. So he adds nothing. I don't think it's it's a good idea. It's yeah. There's nothing Terrible. I like about this. Terrible. If that if that happens, I'm I'm rebelling, man. I can't be a Laker fan if Carmelo goes on that team. Yeah. So here's another rumor: is John Wall. There's rumors that John Wall might be traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, important to note here is that LeBron and John Wall share the same agent. And there's rumors going on around Twitter that uh, that there's a trade being the agent is trying to orchestrate a trade between the Lakers and the and the Washington Wizards, and this deal might include uh, KCP, Lonzo, and then either Ingram, Hart, or Kyle Kuzma. So you're saying the or- agent's orchestrating the trade? Is that normal? I don't know. Well, apparently, uh, you know, he's the main communicator trying to bridge that gap between the two general managers. That's so interesting. That like that tells me he has some sort of stake in this, because it's not like the agent should care like who plays with who, mm-hmm. you know. Like he's making the same money either way. It's not like he has a stake in either player winning a championship. Or maybe maybe he gets a bonus if his if his players get a championships. So maybe that's his his mo. Or maybe that. Well, it's also important to note that maybe the agent is acting on behalf of the player. Yeah, 
I guess so. It's just weird to me that it wouldn't be the GMs, the ones making the, like, that are trying to get the trade to happen, that the agent is the one that's the catalyst here. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if that's normal or not, but I that's the first time I've ever heard that before. Yeah, it, it can happen. I mean, agents looking out for their players. Players are interested in going somewhere. They think it might be a fit, and maybe the agent tries to make it work on behalf of the player. Obviously, the player can't communicate uh, <laughs> yeah that's true yeah they can't say they want to trade but yeah. this this deal is interesting and i just i don't know if the, this would work for the lakers very well in their favor john yeah. wall is man he's gonna be expensive next year it's the super max deals set in place for him he's got his five-year extension yeah. you are locking yourself into john wall lebron james and that's not a young core and what you're yeah. and what you're doing is you're losing what is essentially your young core in losing Lonzo and one of either Ingram, Hart, or Kuzma. Yeah. Um. So it's like a win this season type of move, and I don't think that's the best thing for the Lakers. Like, I want them to compete and I want them to do well this year, but I want them to be good for LeBron's entire tenure with the Lakers these these next four years. And I don't think this move sets them up to do that. I think it sets them up to try to win this year. Right. I don't think so either. I mean, it's also not forgetting the fact that John Wall might have bad knees. You know, he had mm-hmm. he lost all last year due he's to old. those knees. Uh, he's getting on the older side. And this year he's bouncing back slightly, but he's still just not as good as 2016 John Wall. Um, whether, whether he'd ever come back to be 2016 John Wall, I'm not sure. And if you make this trade, you make this trade because you essentially, at this point, have a good gut feeling that Ingram... Um, and Lonzo Ball are not quite going to be the all-stars that you envisioned. Um, and if we could see to the future and realize that they're not, that Brandon Ingram is going to continue to shoot 68% from the free throw line from now <laughs> until he's 29, same with Lonzo Ball, then uh, I guess you should pull the trigger and let's get John Wall here. But at this point, I think I'd rather take the gamble with the young core and and gamble, you know, and wait to see what happens over the summer in terms of free agency. Yeah, I would too. And trying to win this year seems like a bad idea for me because the Warriors still exist. And there's a good chance that they don't exist in the same capacity in the next few years. Yeah. So if you're the Lakers and you're like, we want a championship in the next few years, your best bet is to keep the young guys and hope you get a good free agent in the 2019 class. But yeah, I just, I don't I don't like this move. I mean, it is just a rumor, of course. Mm-hmm. There's, there's multiple legitimate sources it seems um this report coming from the bulls beat writer i believe for the uh bullets forever blog is where that came from yeah i mean i could see it happening and i i know that there was talks even for bradley beal at one point going to the lakers but there isn't a lot of clout behind it right now but um hey once kcp is able to be traded on uh, december 15th um if we see something happen around then then yeah, we'll know we heard it here first. <laughs> That's true. I just don't think um, if this trade goes down that the Lakers are even our championship ready with um, LeBron, uh, John Wall, and whether that ends up being Kyle Kuzma or Brandon Ingram that sticks around. Don't uh, forget, make him dance Lance, though. Oh, He's- <laughs> yeah, you got to make him dance Lance. You got Rondo. You lose a lot. You lose a lot by, giving up, by giving up to either Lonzo or Ingram. Two hefty starters. Yeah, for you, you don't want to. You don't want to end up like the Magic did when they traded away a young Tobias Harris and a young Victor Oladipo 
keeping on Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon. Like, you don't want to end up like that. You want to give these young guys a chance to develop because if they end up becoming the stars of tomorrow, then you're just filled with nothing but regret. Right. Hanging on to a bad knees John Wall three years later. Yeah, that was very poetic, but I have to agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, let's talk Fred Hoiberg, who was just fired earlier this week after a 5-9 start to the Chicago Bulls season. Fred Hoiberg, who is now off that team, uh, successfully led to this team to the playoff once, and, a, and it was a first-round exit after being there for four years. Um, this is a team that I think is uh, was a little this is unfair to him to say, hmm. and the reason for that is the this just a string of injuries this team started with with Bobby Portis, Chris Dunn, Laurie Markinen, Denzel Valentine. I mean, dude, Laurie Markinen was the best player <laughs> the on best this player. team last year. You don't have that guy. Bobby Portis, a solid starter. Chris Dunn. I mean, you don't know what you get from him just yet, but uh, he he was a starting point guard for them. Uh, this yeah. kind of sucks for for Fred I know. Here. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. It's just so confusing. It's like. What did you expect this from this guy with this lineup? You got like Jabari Parker, who's probably the worst defensive player in the entire league right now. I mean, he's on quote saying he defense doesn't really matter at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is oh man, it's, it's crazy. Quote. Yeah, and then Zach Levine's just chucking up as many shots as he wants, which is great for my fantasy team, but terrible if you want to win games. Yeah. And you lost Nikola Mirotic, who was one of your best players last year. And you have just a bunch of young guys that you're trying to develop that are like half of them are injured in the first place. So, I mean, I just don't know like what they wanted from him, you know, like did they expect to be competing for an Eastern Conference playoff spot this year with what they had? And I don't think so. Yeah, I, I think and this is I think this is just a reality of the coaching world and how it goes sometimes is I think Fred Hoiberg was the decision to fire him was made already in the summer. And if not, mm-hmm. I'm not sure why they didn't do it then. Because to give to start, you're right. I mean, anybody. I think you give this coaching job to anybody, and that this is this roughly the same result you're gonna get five and nineteen, maybe I guess ten and nineteen. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you have like Brad Stevens. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I just I just don't think so. And him getting fired this early tells me that the Chicago Bulls management had already been playing with this decision well in well into the summer. Um, and just for whatever reason, didn't pull the trigger until now. Uh, maybe PR wise or something. I don't know. But yeah. at the end of the day, Fred Hoiberg is still going to continue to get paid through this year and through next year. Um, and his assistant will take over for interim coach for now. Um, but I mean, his time in Chicago hasn't been that great. I mean, his best year was the year when he dealt with Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, and Rajon Rondo. Uh, the punch to the face to Nikola Miritic from Bobby Portis. Uh, and then last <laughs> yeah. year, just not, just didn't really have a decent ride, and it kind of sucks for a man who's who who had his first job in the coaching in the NBA with this franchise. Yeah, it's hard, and I mean, there there's a certain era with Chicago Bulls too. It's like spoiled from the Michael Jordan days. It's like there's a lot of history to live up to there. It, like like the Lakers. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's cutthroat, man. If you're not succeeding as a Los Angeles Lakers coach, like you're, you're get ousted, man. Yeah. So yeah, same thing with Hoiberg here, and they replace him with a guy named Jim Boylan, and I don't, I don't really know anything about him. Um, I don't think he has any NBA coaching experience at all, but I don't see it getting any better for them. 
So, yeah. uh, it just sucks. But, I mean, the Bulls have Moy Markinen back now. Um, Chris Dunn and Bobby Portis should come back soon, um, with maybe within the next month or so. Yeah. So we'll see it. We'll see this team at mostly full strength soon and maybe the pieces fall together for this young club. But I mean, in the meantime, they're just going to be uh, searching for a lottery pick. Yeah. I get Zion on this squad. The Zion, yeah. chase. <laughs> Dude, Zion would be pretty nice on this squad. I mean, they need it. Yeah, it would be. Uh, but how about Markel Fulce, the former number one pick? His saga continues Ugh. as he's now been diagnosed with, you want to take a crack at this, Sean? Oh, uh, why not? <laughs> Neurogenic, thoracic outlet syndrome does that sound pretty good it sounds good to me interesting um not so here's the thing with this injury is that it's not really a specific diagnosis it's really mainly kind of like a rough description of the problem (laughs) if you will it's like a general term it's not like it's so fancy sounding though yeah it's it's like he's got a fracture you know or you got a sprained or you got like a torn labrum it's like it's not a precise term. It's a very general term for something. Yeah, it's like it's a condition, not really right. like an injury. Like you, even though it might be called like a physical injury, but syndrome to me says that it's it's more of a condition. Right. But so, basically, it affects the nerves between the neck and shoulder, which cause abnormal movement, which seems to be what's going on with him. Granted, right. because of his horrible shooting form. Yeah. But here's the thing is like when I keep reading about this, the fact that this is, you know, just a condition or such a general term to describe an injury, it seems like they still don't know what's going on with with Markel Fultz. It's almost like it's just to satisfy his brain into thinking that like, okay, I have something now, you know? Right. Yeah, it, it kind of does seem like it's I don't I don't what what would be a good explanation? It's like for a it? placebo almost. Because yeah. it's like giving you a sugar pill and like that saying like this will help you like this Mm -hmm. physical therapy will help you for this injury or whatever well yeah it's not necessarily like placebo is not perfect example but yeah it's like maybe trying to trick him into thinking that like this will be what cures him yeah maybe that that'll help i don't know yeah so basically it all it's gonna be something that isn't really cured i guess with over time or with rest or some fancy surgery, this is just basically something that it's like a movement syndrome condition that has to sort of be um, alleviated through physical therapy um, and just over time of just working through it. Uh, So it still seems really weird that something like this would really even happen. Like there's still so many questions like, like what the hell happened? Because so when (laughs) somebody gets given this sort of, uh, diagnosis or whatever it's it's usually because they've had like an impact type of injury before that or it's something that they just um, have suffered through their life um but as we uh, for in regards to markel folds we don't know that he's actually had any form of uh impact injury in, on his shoulder like he he played at washington um and then he didn't make the tournament so between the tournament and that summer when he got drafted he was working out. He wasn't playing any games. And as we know, there was no shoulder injury, labrum injury or anything like that. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like there's nothing to point to this being like some catastrophic thing unless there's some hidden information that nobody knows about where he sustained some horrible injury that would cause yeah. this. And and that's that's the thing is like, is there, was there something? Was he hiding something in order to, you know, not hurt his draft stock. 
during yeah. those months. Yeah, it's possible. Because I mean, if they if, if the Sixers knew that, they definitely wouldn't have traded up for him. Exactly. I mean, we saw what happened with guys like I mean, Narlens Noel is one of the guys that comes to mind. I mean, I th- everybody yeah. thought he was going to go top five. He ended up dropping. Um, that's one guy that comes to recent. Michael Porter. Uh, Michael Junior, Porter Jr. Obviously, recently as well. Even guys like uh, Jordan Bell on yeah. the Warriors, he Jordan dropped Bell. a lot. Yeah. So yeah, it's possible, but I mean that's all conspiracy. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, Markel Fultz, he'll be back three to six weeks. They're saying is the timetable they're giving for him. So he'll actually be back this season, apparently. But who really knows? I- I'm just hoping that this is the last we hear about him for a few weeks. Yeah, here's my thought. I almost think he should just, um, if this is really what's going on, like there's some syndrome condition or whatever, like he should just take the whole year off, just completely pull a work Kawhi on Leonard. it. <laughs> yeah, just pull a Kawhi Leonard, completely work on it, just reinvent himself, and maybe even just think about leaving the 76ers and asking for a trade. Cause oh, man. Send I, him to the Raptors. <laughs> like I think it's very possible that Markel Foles will probably never live up to the number one pick expectation. Um, yeah, it would be amazing if he was able to turn his career around from yeah. just this m- meteoric downfall. Yeah, and I and because of that, I think he needs to leave the 76ers, leave that fan base, that organization, uh, and really those expectations and just go somewhere else and reinvent himself as yeah. reinvent himself as um, you know, somebody who still has a solid career but isn't necessarily what you would you would have expected out of a number 1 pick. Yeah, it's so sad because I felt like whenever I, I I watched a few 76ers games this season so far in the early season and some of their home games and Markel Fultz, whenever he did anything, the crowd seemed so supportive of him. Yeah. And but- like it it's like they want him to succeed so badly because because they have these expectations right. for him, but like they, even when he makes like a simple layup, like they are just roaring. Yeah. I was like, this is crazy. I've never seen a crowd get so behind a guy just wanting him to do well so badly. Yeah, like, I mean, they, they, they support they, him so much. But yeah, I, I mean, it would suck if he had to leave, if that's what it had to take. I mean, they're super supportive, but let's be real. I mean, that's only going to last so long before. I mean, before it yeah. turns negative, before it turns negative, uh, and well, it's true. I mean, that's fine, though. That's how it has to be. I mean, if it's four years down the road and he still sucks, yeah, then the fans should run out of patience because it is time to move on from him. Right, and I think that's what Markel Fultz needs to get ahead of is just yeah. leave the 76ers organization and leave those expectations that the 76ers fans and, um, and coaching staff and everybody there has for you because, unfortunately, the 76ers did trade two picks to get to him. Oh, that was so brutal. Yeah, so it kind of is what it is. That those are my thoughts. I think at this point, I think the the idea that Markel Foles is going to be the number one pick and be the superstar in the NBA, all star in the NBA, I, th- I don't think that's happening anymore. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Rip. Well, how about Tobias Harris though, and Giannis, who have lived well. Giannis has lived up to expectations, I guess. Tobias Harris, on the other hand, has created Exceeding his own expectation <laughs> and exceeded them. As he wins Western Conference Player of the Month and Giannis wins Eastern Conference Player of the Month. Um, Giannis is no surprise here, but Tobias Harris, he beat out Kevin Durant. He beat out Steph Curry. Uh, He beat out LeBron James. James Harden. Russell Westbrook, man. Tobias Harris. This is his year, man. He arrived. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about him before the season. It's like, this is going to have to be Tobias Harris's year. He's in a contract year with the Clippers. He's been improving every year, and this he's got to take this next step. And, man, he did it. I did yeah. not think he could do it. Yeah. I don't know why. I just I thought he had, he had reached his peak. You know, he'd just be a, a solid, really good NBA player, a great third option on a championship team, a, a great option as the first guy on a terrible team, <laughs> uh, which I thought the Clippers were going to be. But, man, he's awesome. Yeah, I love and- Tobias Harris. And I would be, as a Clipper fan right now, I, I can be okay saying that I would give him a max contract next year. I would give him one of our max contracts. Yeah, and we talked about this last episode, and I think you kind of have to just because of what he brings to the table. 6'9", guy who can play the small forward, the power forward. Uh, he can pick and pop. He can pick and roll. Makes the good decisions off the ball. He shoots the three really well, 41% from three. Good free throw shoot. I mean, everything he does is good, is great. Right. I mean, he's not elite in anything. But everything is just great. Across but he's the great board. in everything. Yeah. He, and it's like he just fits the prototypical mold that you want in a modern day NBA player. Yeah. He just has the perfect frame, like you were saying. Six foot nine, has good bulk to him, can guard two through four, really. Yeah. And plays really solid defense, has a shot from anywhere on the floor, can create his own, can spot yeah. up. And, you know, he's Bobin's best friend. So how can you not love him? Yeah. I mean, if you're the Clippers, that's what you got to be thinking is. And I'm sure, like, if even if the Clippers don't think it's worth it, I some team is going to give it to him, I think, just because the skill set he brings. And he's such Brooklyn a Nets will give guy. it to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, and, I mean, we list the names of the people who, I mean, obviously the Western Conference is stacked with all-stars, and it's unbelievable he beat all these guys. But really, it's well-deserved when you think about it. Like, Tobias Harris up to this point has been completely consistent uh, mm-hmm. To no fault of some players, like Steph Curry went down, injured. Russell Westbrook, injured. LeBron James started off the season a little bit slower. Um, uh, Kevin Durant, also a little bit inconsistent in the beginning, slow, but then ramped it up when Steph Curry came down. But out of all these people, Tobias Harris has been consistent the entire time up to this point. Yeah, the whole month of November. And I mean, they ended the month of November atop the Western Conference. Yeah, you got to give it to the guy, you know? Yeah. It's like, if yeah, if you, you have a team like the Warriors at top, maybe Kevin Durant doesn't win it. But mm-hmm. if it's the Clippers on top, you got to give it to the Clippers player. That's yeah. really doing it for him. And yeah, Tobias Harris, awesome. Love yeah. him. <laughs> the stars align for Tobias Harris. The mm-hmm. question now is, is can he keep it going? Um, and we'll see. He just put together back to some back-to-back poor performances from him i think uh but i think he'll bounce back maybe the uh the pressure of being the western conference player of the month got to him he wasn't used to the spotlight (laughs) oh i really hope that's not the case yeah that is true he has him and the clippers have forced the spotlight on themselves a little bit um in a good way though oh yeah in a great way i mean it's just it's just a matter of can we keep sustaining it like we were still healthy, fingers crossed. So we just have to keep playing the way we've been playing. Um, and I mean, honestly, we're overachieving in a lot of different ways, but that's what it's going to take this season yeah. with so many good teams. And John is winning Eastern Conference Player of the Month. Uh, I mean, it was he kind of just blew the competition out of yeah. the water here. Nobody the kid is good. <laughs> the kid is good. That, uh, that's. I mean, he's amazing. He yeah. he continues to improve his game. He still can't shoot a three, which <laughs> is really like his only gripe right now. I think he's like 
under 20% from three-pointer this year. Yeah. Um, if he if he can get a three-point shot, he's going to be a transcend, transcending talent oh, he'll in, be a in, in this NBA. And he already is. Yeah. But, like, that's, like, his only weakness right now is his shooting. Yeah, he's going to be one of those players. You know, there's players in the history of the NBA that sort of have their own uh, chapter and page of, like, oh, when these players came in, the entire NBA just completely shifted and – you know, we're talking mm-hmm. about guys like Shaq, uh, Jordan. I'll put Steph Curry in there now. Yeah. And I oh, think, definitely. Yeah, and Giannis is going to be one of is is already one of these guys, and now he's adding more pages to that chapter if he develops a three point shot. Yeah, man. I I don't know if he's going to do it or not. Though I mean, three point shot is hard to master. Yeah, I mean, he's um, so he's, dominant. He's got such post. long arms. Like I feel like his. I mean, Kevin Durant has long arms too, and he's figured it out. But Giannis mm-hmm. just doesn't have the same smooth shooting stroke that KD has. Yeah, I mean, Giannis has such a dominant low post game right now that he's he's fine for now. He just glides through the lane. It's it's so insane watching yeah. him drive, and it's like. He's able to dunk it without you even noticing that it went through the rim or like he barely gets off the ground even like yeah. jumping from the free throw line. Yeah. And he's had quite the eventful week. Uh, Shaq giving him the mantle of Superman. Uh, yeah. And Shaq doesn't give that deal. away. Yeah. That players actually have tried to steal deal. it. Yeah. <laughs> players try to steal that and Shaq takes it. You know, he, he stands up. He's like, no, you're not Superman. Look, you know, I'm talking Dwight Howard here. But Giannis, Shaq willingly... Uh, gave it to him all over public na- on public national TV, you know. Right. Uh, and also, Giannis got stepped over by Mario Hinojosa. Oh uh, yeah, man! No first... fear, Super Mario. Yeah. What? What a what a silly event. Uh, <laughs> they have their rematch. They, the Knicks ended up winning that game, though, in, to his credit. So with no I help mean, from Mario Hinojosa. No, it, maybe that that poster was or that walkover was the difference, though. Maybe that just rattled the Bucks to their core. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I yeah. mean. I think Giannis can give him that favor because that might have that might have immortalized Mario Hinojosa, <laughs> depending on the career Giannis continues to have. Like, yeah, we'll talk hey, for, about that one yeah, moment. For, for us normal people, I mean, yeah, if we're able to to step over Giannis after dunking on him, that, that's a good highlight in my life. So <laughs> sure. I'll take it. So I, I, this is something I want to ask though, really quick. Who is your quarter season MVP? Oh, that's a good one. Um, right, because we haven't even really talked about it yet, and we, we're this far in. Like, it, we need to start discussing. We do, and a name to me that comes to mind really quickly is uh, Steph Curry. Um, before he mm. went down, I think he was playing like the best player in the league, just shooting an insane, insane. percentage from three, <laughs> and the Warriors were just on fire because I thought they were going to get off to a slow start. I want to go Steph Curry here. Um, he got, he did. Obviously, he got injured the last couple of weeks, and ultimately, that's probably why Tobias walked away with the Western Conference of the Player of the Month. Mm-hmm. But I also can think go Anthony Davis here. But I think I think I'm going Steph Curry. Um, ultimately, I think Steph Curry's going to get back to where he was, and he's he's in that MVP conversation. Oh, definitely. I mean, he's playing as good as he ever did, mm-hmm. and the, the him being injured, I think, proved it even more. Like you said, like. 
they they went like 500 when he was mm-hmm. when it was just Kevin Durant and you could argue Draymond Green was out for a few games too but you could see the dysfunction and it was very apparent in that Clippers game when they lost to the Clippers and KD and Draymond were griping with each other Curry yeah. didn't play in that game and that really showed it to me like Steph Curry is the most important player on this team if he's not on the floor it can go into disarray at any moment yeah yeah, I'm gonna go with Steph Curry here. You, you yeah. think? Do you think differently? No, I think right now it, it's a three-person race between. I mean, it, it's it could be five, four or five, but I'm gonna go between Steph, Giannis, and Anthony Davis right now. Mm-hmm. Um, with Kawhi and LeBron not that far behind. Right. Um, but yeah, Steph, Steph's the front runner right now in my mind. Yeah, kind of think, kind of crazy. We talk about Giannis and Tobias and Anthony Davies, all these large guys, and yet it it's looks like Steph dude. Curry. Yeah, it's the little <laughs> man that's walking away with this mantle right now. Um, yeah, he just had forty-two in, points like the other night. There you go, just yeah. off the bench, just right, you know, off yeah, the plane. right, right, coming back. <laughs> yeah. So let's go over some stuff that is it either a big deal or is it forgetful here? So Hakeem Noah hmm. signs with the Memphis Grizzlies for a veteran minimum. Is this a big deal or is this just a forgetful um, headline here? It is forgetful. <laughs> I just, I don't know why they wanted him. They have a good thing going there. I just feel like he's a negative player at this point in his career. Yeah, I think it's going to be forgetful too. I think. You know, it's a good comeback story for Rakeem Noah, but I think the reality is going to hit once he gets on a basketball court. Uh, he, he just <laughs> yep. can't play NBA-level uh, defense or NBA-style basketball anymore. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this man picks up, like, four fouls in, like, five minutes yeah, in a game. I mean, or, hey, if they need someone to do that, then he's a perfect candidate. That's but, true. Uh, yeah, other than that, he's he doesn't offer anything. Like, they shouldn't play him. Yeah, I can't They'd see be smart. Him. Yeah, I can't see him stealing minutes away from, obviously, Marcus Saul, Jaron Jackson Jr., or Jermichael Green, who's also having himself... He's playing so well. Yeah, he's having a solid season off the bench there for Memphis, so... Yeah, these Grizz kids, man. Yeah. They're doing it. Yeah. So how about Durant's toxic comments about Mm -hmm. LeBron James? Uh, The quote goes, So much hype comes from being around LeBron from other people. He has so many fanboys in the media. Even the beat writers just fawn over him. I'm like, <laughs> we're playing basketball here, and it's not even about basketball at certain points. So I get why anyone wouldn't want to be in that environment because it's toxic. Yeah, so this is Kevin Durant talking about how he thinks no one wants to play with LeBron James and that he thinks the Lakers won't get any big free agent signings in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess you can check one of those off the list. <laughs> I don't think Kevin Durant's going to go play with LeBron yeah, unless he pulls not. a complete 180. I just I don't know, man. It I don't think he can he say that. I guess they did they play on the Olympic team or USA team at any point together. Yeah, they did. They did play in an yeah, Olympic team, and that's yeah. the funny so that's thing like, here is like he has played with big time all stars. <laughs> well, I guess it's yeah, a different situation. It's a different, it's a different situation because yeah. you're just all buddy buddy. Oh, we're just go trample on the rest of the world. You know, yeah. it's not it's not like a real like competitive environment. I would say mm-hmm. like. European teams have come up recently, have been playing really well, but it still doesn't compare to the NBA. Right. Um, I don't know. I I just have trouble seeing it Durant's way, but I mean, he he's actually plays in the NBA, and he's a high-profile player, so maybe he knows a lot that we don't. He knows a lot that we don't for sure about, yeah. like, the culture of locker rooms and all that. But, I don't, I, like, at this point in his career, like, I don't see LeBron – 
as a guy that's going to like take you like take over your personality, take over how the team is run mm-hmm. because he's, he's like trying to preserve himself a little bit. And right. it's, it's a little bit, it's been a little bit apparent this year, even though he's still been playing amazing and he's still able to take over games when he wants to, uh, but he's doing it less often. And I can see him deferring to the younger guys pretty often uh, down the stretch of some of these Laker games. Yeah. So I, I don't really buy, I think Durant's kind of still seeing LeBron in his Cleveland Cavaliers Jersey. Yeah. Um, what, about I, I the, what about the media, the media comment here? Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I think Durant just hates the media. Yeah. So that's any, true. any chance he has to put that, them down a peg, I'm, I'm sure he's going to take it. Yeah. So to your point of like the, the, the idea that LeBron James sort of, overshadows you in terms of basketball uh so this is his quote on this it's like if you're a younger player like a Kawhi trying to pair him with LeBron James doesn't really make sense Kawhi enjoys having the ball in his hands controlling the offense dictating the tempo with his post up it's how he plays the game so basically elaborating that you know it doesn't make sense to have some of these guys next to LeBron because LeBron takes so much of the basketball role I mean because he does everything at such an elite level and I mean, to support that, I guess you can look at this as LeBron James' usage rate has been over 31% um, and caps up at 33% a couple of times since 2005. Um, so I can right. I can see that. But just like I think I agree with what you mentioned, Sean, is at this point in his career, I think LeBron is looking to sort of bring that usage rate down um, and defer mm-hmm. more. Um, and on that media comment... I mean, I guess it is what it is. It's true. You're playing with the best player in the in the game, um, arguably in the history of this game. And the NBA is at a hype in terms of uh, how many people want to watch it and want to follow yeah. the NBA. So, hey, it is what it is. And it comes with the territory. Yeah, sure. There's going to be bad headlines and there's going to be good headlines. But, I mean, some players walk away with good things. J.R. Smith got a pretty, pretty big contract. Uh, <laughs> right, Tristan, Tristan Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. yeah, Kevin Love. Uh, they got rings, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving got got what he wanted, even too. He he's got a ring with LeBron, and now he gets his own team. Yeah, yeah, he got the the exposure, the Nike exposure. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's it. I wouldn't use the word toxic. Is it bad? Yeah. Sure, it can be bad, but there's a lot of good that comes out of it as well. Yeah. I mean, nine times out of ten, I don't think Kevin Durant's got something nice to say about LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I do think he he does have – the theme with Kevin Durant in the media is always negative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so how about this? Big deal or forgetful. LeBron James missed, quote-unquote, the Lakers or somebody's holiday party, and he ended up getting 11 hours of sleep, uh, then going off uh. with 42 points, six rebounds, and five assists. Hmm. Uh, I take it. That was an important game against the Spurs, and he prioritized the game. Yeah. You know, it's fine. Holiday party, I mean, sure, it can build camaraderie or whatever, but LeBron James knows how to how to be a teammate at this point in his career. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think anyone's going to fault him for that. Although it is funny that he was able to still make it to P. Diddy's birthday party about a month ago, but miss his own team's holiday party. Uh, it's a little strange interesting point interesting point but (laughs) hey i mean lebron james has this laker team undefeated in december up Uh to this point with wins against indiana the suns dallas and the spurs averaging 32.6 rebounds and six assists over the last four games so if this man needs more sleep and if that equates to laker victories give this man his sleep 
Man, 11 hours of sleep sounds so nice. Yeah. When's the last time you got 11 hours of sleep, Alan? I don't even think I can possibly sleep 11 hours. You think you just like wake up after eight? Or like if I was to go to bed like earlier to try to do it, like I feel like I'd just wake up earlier. Yeah, I I think so as well. I don't know, man. Maybe if I had a usage rate of over 31% (laughs) and I was out there guarding seven six footers you know yeah that's that's fair i'll give you that one yeah that's that that maybe then maybe then but how about this rate is gonna increase now with this first injury eh? yeah brandon ingram out at least two games with his sprained ankle um yeah that's unfortunate but he'll be back soon that two games ain't nothing yeah the only thing about brandon ingram i just want to keep calling out every time i hear his name is Dude, how can this guy not shoot over 70% from the free throw line? I don't understand it. <laughs> it's the long arms. I really do. I think it's the long arms. People with long arms have trouble shooting free throws. It's bizarre. You can't be a scorer in this. In this, You can't be called a scorer in this league if you can't shoot at least 80% from the free throw line. Yeah. He's got to take some lessons from DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, yeah, whatever. I mean, two games for Ingram. He'll be back soon. Like I, it looked kind of bad. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge landed in his spot, which should be a fine. I feel like I don't know if yeah. he got fined for because because of the Zaza thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like that's pretty sketchy. But yeah, so Brandon Ingram luckily only out two games. Could have been a lot worse. Something yeah. like that's always dangerous. Well, how about Victor Oladipo, who's still out indefinitely with his knee injury? Um, not the not the start that Indiana wanted or the fans expected here. Yeah, I mean, you think they'd take another step up? I mean, they brought in uh, Doug McDermott to for to compliment to bring in the uh, Thunder trio from two years ago mm-hmm. uh, between him, Odalipo, and Sabonis. But they've they struggled a little bit to start the season, and Victor being out for a week now, and who knows how much longer is going to hurt them too. Yeah. Uh, luckily, they're in the Eastern Conference, so. They're still firmly in the playoff run, and they're still over 500. Um, so they, they have plenty of time to figure it out. But I think the priority for them is just making sure he is fully healthy yeah. because they know they can beat any of these teams if they do make the playoffs. Yeah, at this point, you don't even have to be at 500 to be in the playoff picture. Uh, with the Magic right. sitting in 7th <laughs> with eleven and, with an 11 or 12 and 13 record. Oh, uh, so. yeah. Which would be good for, what, 14th in the West right now? Yeah, you'd be sitting next <laughs> to the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> so insane. Yeah. Well, how about Dwight Howard, man? We forgot yeah. to talk about this guy last, last week. week. So the funny thing I, the funny thing about this, I saw the tweet come into my phone while we were recording the podcast last Thursday about this injury, which is so... It was so funny. I was like, I like, oh, I have to remember to mention this, but I totally forgot. So we have to address it now. Dwight mm-hmm. Howard now needs surgery to re- relieve the pain in his butt. <laughs> Could be sidelined up to two more months. <laughs> man, not good for the Washington Wizards. Try chocolate, man. man yeah, <laughs> just giving literal pain in the butts to both fans <laughs> and himself. It's just pain in the butt, man. That's that's like the description of the injury. Uh, well, to the Wizards' defense, they're they're currently on a three-game winning streak, so 
Things are a little positive. There. I know they could still end up making the playoffs. Yeah, that is true. They're not even at forty four hundred right now in terms of yeah. winning percentage. It's oh, actually they are. Yeah, they. But they yeah, got since the Magic are the Magic are twelve and thirteen, it's like they're only a game or two back from them at this point, and the Magic aren't very good. Yeah. So they they could end up making it, man. And with this just ridiculous gaggle of te- of teammates, <laughs> if you can even call them teammates at this point. Yeah. I mean, Otto Porter Jr. has actually been playing a lot better, which mm-hmm. is good for them. But and they they got a run with Ian Mahinmi at center <laughs> now that Dwight's out. Um, that doesn't seem very good. And uh, Thomas Bryant, you remember good old Thomas Bryant? I do from remember the Lakers. Good, yeah, good he, he was a late Bryant. yeah late round draft pick for the Lakers uh, a year or two ago. Was yeah. or it was last year, right? Don't recall. I think it was two years ago. Yes. Yeah, two years ago, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's he's gonna get some center minutes now for them. Look at Dwight Howard creating jobs out here, <laughs> creating <laughs> jobs for guys that a probably should have them at this level. <laughs> yeah. So how about some hot teams right now? The Denver Nuggets seven game win streak, five of seven Ooh. in their last road games. They boost the third best defense in the league. Uh, currently number one in the Western Conference, playing the king of the hill game with the with the rest of the West taking out the the Clippers from that spot, at least yeah. for now. Um, and they're doing this all without Will Barton, Isaiah Thomas, Michael Porter Jr., and Gary Harris as well, who's been out That's right. uh, the last week uh, with his injury. The Denver Nuggets on a roll here. Yeah, they had a little uh, little cold streak uh, a few weeks ago where they were uh, they, they slid a little bit. They were only 10-7, and 7 and they, they were at the top before um, mm-hmm. in the second seed. Uh, before sliding down to like sixth or seventh, I think on this seven-game win streak now, back to first in the West. I mean, with these guys coming back too, the Nuggets have a recipe for success right now, and I'm not sure how it will translate into the playoffs because again, this team didn't even make the playoffs last year, so their playoff experience with a lot of these young guys like Jokic, Jamal Murray, Will Barton, they don't really have any. It's zero so, outside yeah. of Paul Millsap. Outside of Paul Millsap and Isaiah Thomas. Oh right. Yeah, yeah, they don't have any. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I I think these guys are a sure bet as any to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I mean, yeah, at this point, they're gonna, they got to be a, they got to be, uh, they got to hold, get home court advantage in the first round. They're probably going to be top fourteen. Yeah, get that mile high home court advantage. Yeah, that'd be really clutch for them. But with no playoff experience, even might maybe that won't be enough. It'll be interesting to see how they perform. Yeah, I'm looking at their schedule, and it looks like they could possibly go nine games in a row right now. With they got, they're on this Eastern Conference road trip, which they already got through the harder part with wins with over Toronto. Um, yeah, win a win over one. the Magic, I guess you could call that difficult. But then they got the Hornets and the Hawks next, so they could go nine nine games right now, maybe ten if they can beat the the Grizzlies back at home. Yeah, and that yeah, the Grizzlies aren't any joke either. Yeah, so yeah, get that gap between them and the rest of the Western Conference um, when they close this Eastern Conference trip. So, but what about the Boston Celtics? We made a podcast couple of weeks ago talking about how they've just been <laughs> underwhelming this whole season, but they answered back with a four game win streak right now. Um, and they're turning their season around, saving this after making that move uh, by putting Marcus Smart into the starting lineup and moving Marcus, Marcus Morris as well in there. Yeah. Taking uh, Hayward and Jalen Brown and putting them on the bench. That's got to hurt. 
as a coach yeah. to put a guy like Gordon Hayward on the bench, like, like a guy that was an all-star, like all-stars do not come off the bench. Like yeah. it, that, th- that is unheard of. And it's probably one of the tougher coaching decisions he's ever had to make. But I think it's one that's really saving his season right now for this team. He's just yeah. not ready. And, you know, he, he's had some good games, but he's mostly had bad games. Yeah. Um, you see little flashes of old Gordon Hayward, but it's going to take him, I think, most of this year to get back into cl- like even close to the form that he was when he was playing for the Jazz um, when he was an all-star for them. But a great move by Stevens to put him there. I think Jalen Brown is a great spark plug off the bench, too. He can handle a lot of team second units pretty well with his yeah. size and his talent. And yeah, smart. Smart's gonna put in the minutes for his starter. Um, he's a tough guy, man. He's scrappy. He's gonna play really hard. And I think Marcus Morris just gives them a little extra versatility as far as size and three point shooting goes. Yeah, and that's worked out really well for him. Yeah, and I think this move helps them get back to that familiar identity that they had last year in terms of just you know using Kyrie Irving and Jason Tatum to score the ball, and then the rest of the unit. Uh, hit the open three and defend and defend and defend and be that yeah. <laughs> be, the, be the number two defensive team in the NBA again, which they currently are right now. Um, so hold on to that, and that should get them back into that top, those top seeds in the Eastern Conference. Because as we alluded to earlier, the Eastern Conference just seems like you can move up as uh, as easily as you want. It just it's like a walk up the stair easy walk up the staircase, <laughs> unlike right. the Western Conference right now. Yeah, uh, until you get to the Toronto Raptors, of course. Yeah, until you get to the Toronto <laughs> Raptors. So I think the Boston Celtics will continue to pick up momentum. I mean, their schedule looks like it's going to ease up uh, for the rest of the month here uh, with a couple games against the Bulls, uh, the Hawks, the Pistons, and the Wizards, and the Suns. Uh, they got yeah, one that's a soft one. Yeah, they don't have a tough one until the Milwaukee Bucks later on in the month. And, of course, the Christmas game against the, the 76ers. Yeah, those will be two pivotal games right there. Um, they'll be able to climb up pretty easily to where where the Bucks and the Sixers are, but those seeds they're gonna be up for grabs behind the Raptors. Yeah, I agree. So how about let's turn things around with the sinking teams, Portland Trailblazers, mm-hmm. also another team that held the number one seed in the Western Conference. <laughs> now a three Everyone game losing streak. <laughs> yeah, it's basically just like King of the Hill between a couple teams now. Right now, uh, well, they're holding it probably just keeping the seat warm for the for the for the. Uh, the Warriors, if you will. Yeah, for real. So they're actually, they do break their losing streak tonight against a Devin Bookerless Suns. So I don't really count that as a comeback, really, but it could get them back on the right track. Mm-hmm. But yeah, three losses against other West contenders in the Spurs, Nuggets, and Mavs. Two of those teams not really being what you'd call legitimate contenders in the Spurs yeah. and the Mavs. Very winnable games for them. Games you need to win in yeah. this Western Conference because it's all so close and these teams just keep bringing each other down. So, yeah. I mean, as the, if you're the Blazers, uh, I don't know. I don't think there's any room to need to panic at this yeah. point. But when you look at it, it's just like, man, if we can't figure out someone to get to that next level, how are we going to keep up? Yeah, I mean, this is basically almost just going to become a game of endurance and who can stay healthy and and keep themselves uh, sort of mentally focused because I think every team is going to hit a spurt like this in the West. It just seems impossible not to go through a three-game, four-game losing streak at some point, but just keep yourself in check to not let that get any higher than than that and keep those streaks basically to maybe one or twice or just a couple times through the year. Right, yeah. And 
I don't know. I think that for for the Blazers, they're going to struggle this whole year just trying to figure out where they can get that extra advantage against some of these teams because yeah. you already know what you have in Lillard and McCollum. Everyone yeah. else knows you have Lillard and McCollum, but no one else is really stepping up for them. Nick Stauskas has a good game every 10 games. Yeah. Um, Zach Collins, he, he plays all right, but he didn't make a jump like John Collins has. Seem, he seems to have after he's gotten back from injury. That's true. Yeah, Zach Collins started off the year pretty well. He was one of the – he was probably a key reason why the – Portland was so hot to start, and he's mm-hmm. cooled down a lot. Um, and they need him off the bench. They need people off the bench to really just carry the offense when uh, CJ McCollum and Damian Leonard aren't there. Um, and Nurkic right. as well. Nurkic seems to go up and down all the time. Right, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. We're, we're going to have to see. Like, this Blazers team, they're not – I don't think they're a lock to make the playoffs. Um it, it's interesting. It really is. You, do you think they take. are? I think it's they're not, a lock. I they're think not they're a lock. lock. They are not a lock. No one's a lock I mean, outside yeah, technically of, nobody's a lock, but, so but I have only, confidence that they will be in the playoffs. Yeah, so, yeah, technically no one's a lock, but I'm saying in my mind right now, the only teams that are a lock to make the playoffs are the Nuggets, the Thunder, and the Warriors. Everyone else, not a lock. Those are safe picks, though, Sean. And I'll agree yeah. with you. Those <laughs> those are safe picks. What do you What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, there's no, just there's just no boldness in picking those guys. Well, I mean, I, on the other side of it, I'm saying that the Blazers aren't a lock to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I think they're this team will be in the playoffs, no doubt. You think? No doubt. No, no doubt. I mean, it's certainly very possible. It's possible that they're not, and that's the same thing for. Anybody except the Warriors. You could put, you could easily put nine teams ahead of the Blazers, and it wouldn't even be that crazy. Yeah, I guess we'd have to see how it goes. I still think Portland's going to be there. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'm actually all right. You know what? So you want you want to be even hotter? Yeah. I'll say I think they have a worse chance of making the playoffs than making it. I don't know about that. Yeah, I think they have a better chance of making it than not making it. All right. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. But so they got back on track with a win against the Suns, which I mean any team in the NBA could do. But speaking of, they'll be our other sinking team. <laughs> Although it's hard to sink when you're already at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, they're these guys already <laughs> got their floating devices out. <laughs> yeah. The backup um, boat a, sunk as well. Yeah, on a seven game losing streak. It might be seventeen. Um, by the next time we talk about them, uh, yeah. held to nine points in the first quarter in back-to-back games uh, tonight against the Blazers, um, the other night against the Kings, holding them to nine points as well. In the last two first quarters, their, outpo- their opponents have outscored them 70-18. to 18. In the first quarter. In the first quarter. That's, I mean, 70 points is what you score in an NBA half now. <laughs> yeah, for real. And 18 is what you score in like four minutes. Yeah. So here you go. I mean, if, you, if you're if you not a fan of the high-scoring, high-powered offense NBA, <laughs> I got a simple solution for you. Turn on a Phoenix Suns game and watch that. Oh, my God. <laughs> well played. Well yeah. played. I mean, if yeah, you, you want to watch a legitimate <laughs> college basketball-level performance, <laughs> put on the Phoenix Suns without Devin Booker. There you go. Problem solved. I mean, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago we were making fun of the Lakers for their poor first quarter performance that they had. Where they, what were they? They were losing by thirty five points, right? Was that what yeah. it was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And now you couldn't think that it could get any worse than that. Here comes the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> to, I'll do it not once but twice, back to back games. Yeah, and that that loss against the Kings they had, they only lost 121 to 105, but that was not indicative of how brutal of a beatdown that was. Yeah. I think the, the Kings allowed them to score 38 points in the fourth quarter, so they really had only scored like 68 points through three quarters, and only like 30 something points through two. They gave, they showed mercy that night. Uh, they did. <laughs> so the Phoenix Suns sitting at four and twenty with the worst record in the entire NBA. They're definitely they're definitely part of the Zion Williamson chase right now. Um, and I think there's nothing else to be said about this team. This is where they'll continue to be. This might be the only time worth even talking about them. Yeah, in terms of we won't. They'll, they'll still be sinking next week. We shouldn't even bring them up. I I'm sorry for putting them in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you put a bad performance like that it's got to be worth mentioning um, yeah that's fair but how about people the best performers of this week jaron jackson jr 43 minutes going for 36 points eight rebounds on 13 for 22 and a win over the nets jaron jackson jr is looking at the rookie headlines and he's saying why is my name not on there and yes. I, I agree with him i mean he's part of a s- slow paced memphis team so his stat lines have been sort of modest up to this point but he's starting to pick it up and i think he's finding some rhythm with with this Memphis team and with the NBA. Yeah, earned himself a starting spot on this squad that's overperforming mm-hmm. like crazy this year. And a lot of that is because of him. He fits the mold perfectly for this team. I think we might have even talked about it when he was drafted. Like this yeah. guy fits in really well with Marcus All in that backcourt in that front court. Yeah. Um yeah, all, all the glitz and glamour, all the spotlights on Luka Doncic right now. It's on DeAndre Ayton, yeah. Trey Young to an extent. You forget yeah. about Jaron Jackson Jr. just quietly doing business right now, just mm-hmm. outperforming how any rookie should perform in their first 25 games in the NBA. I mean, yeah. 36 points for a rookie is crazy. I remember when Donovan Mitchell went for his first 40-point game last year. It was headliner. Yeah. But with Jaron Jackson Jr., it seems like it, no one's even noticed very much. Like, it's not as big a deal. I mean, 36 isn't 40. Mm-hmm. Maybe if he got 40, it would be different. But at 36, is damn close to the 40. And this this guy is going to continue to ball the rest of the year. And yeah. I mean, and I think Luka's going to end up winning Rookie of the Year. But he should be a close second at this point. Yeah, I mean, if he keeps piling these performances like this and Memphis finds themselves, you know, a top five, top four seed, he might take, yeah. that, may take that award away from that man. Right. I could totally see it. I Dude, mean, he's fun to watch too. Yeah, and 13 for 22, that is efficient shooting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I watched him play against the Clippers, and his length bothers people on defense. Mm-hmm. He's able to block shots so easily, and he uses his size so well, his athleticism so well. He's he's super good. Yeah. How about Gordon Hayward? 30 minutes off the bench going for 30 points, 9 rebounds, and 8 assists, and 2 steals in a win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Gordon Hayward putting in a little spark, a little uh, flash from the past performance here. Um, I don't want to say that as if like that's not going to happen again, uh, but I think these string of performances hopefully will start appearing a little bit more through the season. Right, yeah, it's like we were talking about earlier. It's like you still see these flashes of old Gordon Hayward, but most of his performances are just rust buckets, you mm-hmm. know? So... He'll, he'll shake off the rust and he'll, he'll get back to this form. But, I mean, great performance. It's great to see that he can still do this, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's not like the injury has marred his career. 
Oh, it's in there. It's in there. Um, it's just a matter of time, I think, before it starts becoming more consistent. But mm-hmm. Julius Randle, 39 minutes, 37 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. Points almost match the amount of minutes for this yeah. guy. 15 for 24, 0 turnovers. Unfortunately, it did come in a loss against the Clippers. <laughs> but Julius Randle, man, this guy's got to be pissed considering the payday he got this offseason and the string of performances he's put together so far this year. I mean, I think more pissed than Julius Randle is going to be the Los Angeles Lakers for letting this man go. I know. I still he's, can't believe it. He's playing so well, almost all-star level, if you ask me. Yeah. He won't He won't get it, but his stats are crazy. His efficiency numbers are through the roof. Coming off the bench, you, he almost always matches his minutes to points, which mm-hmm. is pretty ridiculous. And he, he puts up double doubles all the time now, and he's he's he would be by far the best young Laker player on the team. Like he oh, would yeah. probably be the second best player on the team behind LeBron. Yeah, and and we saw. I mean, to close the year last year, it was pretty evident that Julius Randle was the better Laker on that team. Um, I yeah. guess Isaiah Thomas had some form of argument there, but outside of him, it was clearly Julius Randle. Yeah, man. It's just continuing to make us more and more upset about the Lakers letting him go. I can't believe it. But let's talk about the West, the worst performers here of the week. Um, what is this man's name? Ryan Arndt-Concano. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I don't even want to try to pronounce that. So do you even know who this man plays for? I do. The Chicago Bulls. Yeah, there you go. I'm filling in for a little Chris Dunn. Yeah. Um, yeah. So here we go. Twenty nine minutes. He puts up a zero five shooting on zero points, one rebound, one assist, and three turnovers in a <laughs> loss to the Pacers. Here's the funny thing about him, though, is he surprised. And this is how why I know who he is. Is he put oh, up? Yeah. He put up a couple twenty point games um, prior to this. Maybe really? it was only so one I game. I, I didn't see those ones. I only saw this one. Because yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> I saw that sat line. I was like, who is this kid? And, and I looked it up. I was yeah. like, oh, this guy's taking Chris Dunn's minutes. And I was like, okay, I'm going to keep my eyes on him, see what he does. And then, you know, then he, <laughs> and then he does this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's not the real deal. Can say that much. No, just kind of lightning. The stars aligned for that one game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about a bigger name here? This, this one's a little easier to pronounce, too. We got Chris Paul on the list. Oh, um, no. He's really, yeah. I mean, Chris he really Paul. just hasn't had a good season the entire year, in my opinion. All his numbers are down, but this one especially has been bad. Uh, against a, in a loss to the Wolves, thirty six minutes, uh, only shooting eight times, one for eight from the field for five points, three rebounds, seven assists, and five turnovers for Chris Paul. There's your max player, your thirty year old, mid thirties max player. Well, he's not yeah. in his mid-30s, but he he's, will be yeah. at the end of the contract. And this is the, isn't this like the first year of the, the deal, too? Yep. The first year. This is And he's already regressed. <laughs> well, I mean... I, let's he's not, regressed. Let's he has regressed. As the representation seen, of the rest of the Have you seen his year. averages this year? Have you seen them? I have. Uh, yeah. Not pretty. And, and, but, and so you don't think this is the start of his decline? I mean, I, I, I got to believe he's going to, he's not, it's not going to be five points a game, but. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the, yeah. I think it's possible. I don't want, I. When, I don't want it to be the the case. I, Chris Paul's awesome, but I, and he's done nothing to make me feel better about what he's, how he's been playing. 
I really hope that the Houston Rockets don't become that team we just talk about five years from now. Like, oh, do you remember the Houston Rockets and the string of terrible <laughs> summer decisions that they made? Yeah, I remember when they almost won the championship or almost made it to the championship where they presumably would have won. Yeah, Chris Paul got hurt. Almost took down uh, one of the best dynasties of the modern NBA. So mm-hmm. close. And all they had to do is not go zero of what, however many dozens of threes they missed in a row. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could be talking about one of the biggest contrasts here in terms of year to year if the Rockets stay where they're at right now and just in the bottom of the West and Chris Paul regressing but still getting paid tons of money. Yeah, that that crippling loss last year might have just been a demotivator for him. He's like, that's as close as I'm going to come to a championship. And, you know, I guess there is a small part of me that's like, well, I, you know, that's not that bad. You know, you just kind of enjoy the rest of your years playing professional basketball and collect, <laughs> and collect the most money you've ever made. <laughs> ever. Yeah. Yeah, not a bad second option to winning a championship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not... Uh, obviously, NBA fans, we want to see this team compete, but it looks more as we get more and more into the season. Obviously, it's looking more and more like the comeback or the revenge playoff series is not going to happen. No, I mean, yeah, you're and Chris Paul, like you have to play better if you're Chris Paul. You you just got stomped by a Jazz team tonight that didn't have Rudy Gobert like the entire game. Okay, so they ended up losing that game. They got they got stomped. I think it was like one eighteen to ninety. There you go, refs. You tried to save the Houston Rockets <laughs> and you couldn't. <laughs> you couldn't even do it. And yeah. Chris Paul's averaging the worst field goal percentage of his entire career at forty two percent. His free throws are the worst he's ever shot in his career at eighty percent. Better than Ingram. Better, Better than, than Ingram. Ingram. <laughs> but if that's who you're comparing yourself to, you're already declining. That's true. That is true. I mean, Brandon Ingram's only 21. Um, but that's it is what it is, and maybe he'll bounce back. I got to think so. Maybe this is rock bottom for him. I hope so, man. Yeah. I hope so for the Rockets' sake and for basketball fans' sake. Yeah. And an honorable mention here for worst, worst performance of the week is this is mainly a, a category for individuals, but every now and then a team deserves to be shouted out in this category. And that's the entire Suns team. Every individual yep. in the Suns team is a worst one is a worst performer of the week. Nine points in the first quarter. Enough said. Yeah. Whenever it's one of those situations where an NBA team makes you question if a college team could beat them, yeah, it's it's the worst. Yeah. Every individual. The water boys in there, the equipment manager, towel guys, you guys are all on there. Yeah, I think I think head coach Igor even inserted himself into the lineup for a minute or two yeah. there. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, final thought. Let's talk about heartbreak. Who's the team that is that has experienced the most heartbreak up to this team up to this point? I think it's the Brooklyn Nets. Here's mm-hmm. several reasons why. One, <laughs> they lose their breakout star in Carice LeVert for potentially mm-hmm. the entire season. Next, Ugh. well, this week, Paul George hits a game winner, falling one short of his career high in points, uh, and leading the OKC to the largest regular season comeback win oh, against the Brooklyn gosh. Nets after they held a 22-point lead <laughs> for most of that game. Um, it was 95-75. to 75 Look at that. At one point. 
Oh my gosh! I I we just I watched that game just implode on itself. Yeah, it was so insane. <laughs> and this is a Brooklyn Nets team that looked like they were on the same path as the Memphis Grizzlies, um, as the Sacramento Kings and Dallas Mavericks in terms of teams that were just completely outperforming and shutting people up that were really questioning their legitimacy as a professional <laughs> basketball team. Um, and they were they were in the playoff picture, man, but. Look at mm-hmm. look at the losses that they've piled up. Eight of their eighteen losses have come after a double digit lead, oh. and five of those losses have come after as a result of one single possession oh. against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Newcomer Alec Burt hits a game winning dunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably bad for the Cavs, man. They're trying to get Zion. <laughs> True. Jimmy what is that Butler, man thinking? Jimmy Butler hits a step back three to, oh. to win that game. Drew Holiday with a 17-footer floater. Um, and then a turnover that leads to the game-winning free throws from Reggie Bullock <laughs> against the Detroit Pistons. I mean, oh, man. They're trying. They're trying. But they yeah. keep losing these close games, <laughs> losing their stars. It's they're not break. trying to tank. They're not trying. I respect them so much for playing so hard in all these games. But then they just choke so hard. Yeah, and unfortunately for them, fans can only take so much heartbreak. So maybe it's we're at that point where the Brooklyn Nets just got to shut the TV off and just let the team tank and join yeah. the Zion Williamson chase. Oh, man. It's so sad. They, there's so much promise. Now they'll have to wait till next year. Yeah. It'll look good for them next year if Levert can be healthy. But, True. man, it sucks. You always wonder what could have been. Yeah. What could have been with the Grizzlies last year if Mike Conley hadn't been hurt? That is true. Yeah, maybe we would have seen them in the same picture here. Yeah, um, similar. Yeah, well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Catch us next week. We'll continue reviewing um, and talking about rumors and talking about the NBA, breaking everything down. Thanks, everybody. Yes, sir. Have a good week, everyone. <laughs>